0: You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm.
1: Welcome. You're listening to Rounding the Bases. This is episode 15, a very special episode. Matt, how the hell are you? Oh, geez. I am
0: freaking pumped. I'm super excited for who we got on the program today. And who do we have? (laughs) We have the one and only Mr. Gene Bean Baxter, who you might remember from the uh, longtime running morning show on 106.7 FM KROQ, The Kevin and Bean Show.
1: That's right. And he's also the current host or co-host of A Cup of Tea and a Chat with Allie McKay. Uh, I'm excited for this interview. I'm excited for our listeners Uh, to hear this interview, uh, Matt, what are you looking most forward to this interview? Uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, to speaking to this gentleman whose voice I heard
0: for decades every single morning. I remember as a teenager going, going to junior high Rosemont, uh, junior high and listening to, to him and Kevin just, uh, chat to chat in my ear. And that happened for decades, just hearing this gentleman, being able to speak to him and ask him questions and just know more about him and the Kevin and Bean show. Uh, I'm just I'm really
1: looking forward to that. How about you? Uh, I know him. I don't really care either way. I mean, I don't believe this isn't really a big deal for me. I mean, I'm just hoping that, you know, we finally get enough ratings to get, you know, some manscaped money going or at least some products. That's all I'm really hoping for out of this. Well, uh, let's not delay this any further. Let's uh, let's bring on Mr. Gene Bean Baxter. Hello, boys. How are you? Oh, god, so good. Thank you so much for being here. This is awesome to have a
0: radio legend. You know what? Let me already pump your head up just right away. Radio All legend right. here.
2: Well, here. That's very kind of you. Although I do feel like I'm going to have to talk like this just to kind of fit in. But it's great to be on, and I I just want to apologize. I know that you have mocked me uh, a lot over the last four episodes for agreeing to be on episode 10 and then canceling it. But I apologize for that, but here I am. Even though this is the worst day of 2021 for me to be doing a goddamn podcast at this exact moment, the biggest football game in my life is getting ready to kick off. And I'm here with you, yahoos, instead of down on the couch with my wife watching this tournament wrap up that we have paid attention to nothing else for the last six weeks. And tonight is the final and I'm sitting here in the garage with Matt. What the hell?
0: <laughs> you are in the garage. Good notice. Uh, first off, I just want to say, uh, I love that you just used the term "yahoos." That's a new one <laughs> I haven't used, and I'm going to have to incorporate that. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, furthermore, uh, I assume I, I'm not for for many of us obviously you know better than anybody not the soccer isn't the the biggest thing over here so who's who's even playing in the match right now
2: it's what? england versus italy oh my god and uh, this is a very big deal for folks in the uk it's the biggest international game that the english uh, national squad has played since they won the world cup in 1966 they have not been in a final in football, you would think that the country that invented football would be the best at football, right? They haven't been in a final in any competition in football since 1966. So this is a very, very big deal. And it's, uh, you know, look, every country has been through it. I'm sure Italy would love to win this too. They've had a tough coronavirus just like the just like the UK has. But you can imagine how much people want to see this happen in their lifetime. And most people in their lifetime have never seen England win anything. You know, even the World <laughs> Cup comes and goes. And sometimes we, you know, get to the semifinals, but usually not. So this is a very big deal. It's really, really exciting. So I'll be giving you 48 percent of my attention this afternoon <laughs>
1: excellent so, so yeah and 40. the match has just started and italy is up two nil right <laughs> untrue now. so not i'm very, true, actually, very not true. they actually have not dropped the ball
2: yeah. yet they're just introducing the teams right now so we're fine but i'll keep I'm keeping i'll keep an eye that's
1: on that's perfect that's gonna take 45 minutes so that's plenty of time for you to watch the match
2: <laughs> and Robbie, right. it's so great to see you I feel like we we've, uh, we've had quite a a relationship over the last how long six months or something like that we've been colleagues essentially which is weird for just two strangers thrown together and we've you know ended up working on the same show
1: yeah it's uh, it's been very odd I never it was always my dream to be somehow part of the Kevin and Bean show. Uh, this is I'll, I'll take this. It's mm-hmm. not as great, but I'll, I'll take this. But uh, I, I remember the day you emailed me or the day we we're emailing and it was the same day as the Capitol riots. And I thought coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought I thought like, finally, this is my big break. And then I thought the Civil War had just started. So I thought, oh, no. My big break will never happen because
2: now we're at a civil war right now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that was a very weird experience for everybody, obviously, but uh, really odd being in Europe and watching that and seeing how people were feeling about America and just shaking their heads going, what What are you people doing over there? Like, is that? this isn't how democracy is supposed to work. And I was like, it's not usually like this. This is unusual. <laughs> but yeah, what a super scary day. I had no idea that it was that. That's when it was that first week of January. That is when I emailed yeah. you and said, hey, why don't you do some intros for us or something, right?
1: Yeah, I think I believe I just recorded the intros and sent them to you. And then that had happened. They were did fantastic. You fe- did you feel vindicated? Because that was kind of the reason why you left the United States is that you felt like there was probably an inevitable uh, civil war.
2: Um, Did I feel vindicated? Uh, that's a tough question to answer because, of course, I was in no way pleased to see it happen. I would have much preferred to have been wrong and have things be yeah, better and right. rosier for America than ever when I left. But I did, you know, I had a lot of reasons for wanting to leave for folks who don't know, which is most people. I was born in England. I'm a British citizen. I've lived around the world. I moved to the U.S. when I was 15 years old and spent Decades after that, living in the United States, but it was always my plan to move back to the UK. I always wanted to. When I got to a certain age, I thought, you know what? And 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 Donna and I had talked about it for a number of years. We've been over here dozens of times together, and we said one day we're going to do that. But let's do it while we're young enough to enjoy it. Let's not wait till we're eighty and then go. Oh, I guess we'll go now. So we'd always talked about it, and then when I got to be approaching sixty. And it was also coincidentally my 30th year at K-Rock. I thought, well, that's half my life. I feel like now is a good time. So the bigger picture is that we... It's something we talked about doing for a long time. Part of the reason we decided to do it when we did... Was because of the Trump administration, because I just started to not recognize the country, and it looked like it was going in all sorts of wrong directions. And uh, Matt, they're going to tear you out of your house in Idaho. Idaho went big for the president. so I, I, this may be inflammatory chat and you're yeah. in your neck of the woods, but I just <laughs> didn't like where it was going, and it just looked like it was going to get worse and worse, and it certainly has. and I think it's I think it's worse now than it was back in January when the insurrection happened. Yeah, there's not a violent mob in the street right now. But look at the things that are being said. Look at the big lie that continues to be propagated. Look how there still aren't most Republicans in Congress or not standing up and calling out this bullshit. It's like it's not even a country I recognize anymore. It's certainly not one we would have recognized seven or eight years ago. That's for sure. I believe so, the
1: country, like 70 percent still or 70 percent of Republicans don't believe the election results.
2: Or they say that. I don't know how if deep in their heart at night, do they know it's do they know they're propagating a lie, but they're doing it to, quote, unquote, own the libs? I don't know. And by the way, I should say, as a PS, England has plenty of problems, too. There's lots of reasons that you can be critical of our system of government here. Boris Johnson is a little bit of a nitwit too. Uh, we had a lot of mis- a lot of mistakes in rolling out lockdowns and-, and the vaccine program has gone pretty well, but almost everything else has gone very poorly. We lost a- more people in Europe than anyone else to coronavirus. So I'm certainly not saying that we moved to a panacea. Everything's great here, poor you. I'm saying there are problems everywhere, but I was kind of happy to be out of that environment because it made me super sad.
1: Speaking of vaccine, what was what was the name of the vaccine that you got in the UK? What's what's that called? AstraZeneca. Oh yeah, they how didn't approve feel, that one here. Yeah, how they does haven't it feel, yet. Get, how does it feel getting the signature select of vaccines? Across the board, where you still can't do anything if you have that vaccine. <laughs> well,
2: that's not the case here. I mean, it's 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 as gold a standard as as Pfizer is here, or Johnson. Actually, I don't even think we have the Johnson and Johnson here. We have the Moderna. Uh, everybody's fine with the AstraZeneca here, but for whatever reason in the U.S., it has not been approved yet. But uh, I don't live in the U.S. and I I know I'm, I'm, I'm won't be there much, so it's not. It hasn't been a problem for me. I was happy to. I was happy to get it. I mean, it was the we were the first country to offer the vaccine in the world. It was the British. It was a British-made vaccine that was created mm-hmm. at Oxford too. So I was proud to get it. Believe me, it was a happy day both times when I went for my jabs.
0: Bean, let me ask you this: um, uh, Obviously, you were saying that it was always your plan to go back to the UK at some point. With the Trump administration taking over, you know that made things a lot easier. Now, in terms of of leaving K Rock, did or had Entercom bought uh, K Rock while you were still there? I believe so, right?
2: Oh yeah, Entercom had owned it for several years before oh. I left.
0: OK, yeah, so they we're the when,
2: fourth or fifth owner since I worked at K-Rock. There's been a lot of turnover at that company. Gotcha.
0: When when did you notice if you noticed things started getting a little uh, not as K-Rocky as you will or maybe k Rockier for a <laughs> to use that?
2: Um, you know, by the way, England is up one to nothing, just so you guys know, which is very, very exciting news. Um it, It was... And it was gradual. It wasn't like there was one thing that happened. I mean, I was lucky. I was so much luckier than my former colleagues on the Kevin and Bean show who all ended up being fired three months after I left. So, And in the in-between from when I left in November of 19 and when they all got fired in March of 2020, our program director, who really was a good guy, a guy named Kevin Weatherly, he was kind of the buffer between the company and K-Rock. He did everything he could to stand his ground to keep K-Rock K-Rock. But once he left and went to Spotify, the floodgates opened up and nothing but bad decisions got made after that point i mean look i'm certainly not here to badmouth the station i spent a lot of my years there and i have a lot of wonderful memories and i have a lot of friends there and i wish them all well it's not like i want to see them crash and burn but they're in a very tough situation because the industry is in a very tough situation and they're doing everything they can to save money i mean they don't even have their own program director at k-rock they split a dude who also programs an alternative station in New York City. So they're getting half the attention to run a station like K-Rock. And you know, Matt, that's not unusual in TV or radio throughout the country. There are lots of people who are overseeing five stations, eight stations, 10 stations, whole regions, whole coasts. Mm-hmm. So that, that I mean, that was the beginning of the end is they just weren't treating the product with care. And I'm telling you, you know, if there's one thing I learned from my decades at K-Rock is, is how precious it is and how it needs to be it needs to be finessed and it needs to be treated with respect. And, and that really goes to bearing in mind, the reason you're there is for those listeners, those listeners that have sustained you, that have made it possible for you to work a place like that for all those years, the most loyal listeners of any station I've ever even heard about. It's unbelievable. And K-Rock just, it's like, they didn't care about them. You know, they cared about the bottom line, you know, Everybody who's still left on K-Rock is for no extra money, as far as I understand, voice track and a bunch of other stations. They're also on in St. Louis and they're also on in Seattle and they're, you know, they're just doing all of this extra work and that's not how you treat your people. It's just not, you know, they're trying to save, save dimes and losing dollars. And, you know, the ratings have certainly reflected that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sad, it's sad to see because, you know, K-Rock was my favorite radio station Years before I ever worked there, so i i want him to to you know live forever and be great forever but unfortunately you're going through a going through a tough time right now was there ever a time
1: before intercom uh bought k rock was there ever a time that you were close to leaving the station
2: um I had thought about it i mean it's it was a lot of work Robbie it yes. was a lot of work for a lot of years, and that's schedule if you will is oh. difficult to maintain it is a t- it's tough man getting up at 4am it really is for 30 years there were times where i thought I would like to go off and do something else. But there was never a time that it was attractive to me to go to another radio station because where do you go after you're working at your favorite radio station? You know, K-Rock is one of a kind. I could go to other stations. I couldn't go to bigger stations or better stations for the most part. So there wasn't really much attractive. It was really, I was just going to stay until I was ready to make the kind of change I did, I think. So um, I don't think I seriously considered leaving until I made the decision to do so. Now,
0: back back in the day, of course, uh, when you were with Kevin and Bean doing the show for 30 years, I don't think a lot of people realized how much you actually did. Because I can imagine a lot of people think uh, or must have thought, you know, you're, you're bean of Kevin and Bean. So you mm-hmm. probably get up, go there, look over what you're going to be doing, talk, leave. You did a lot more than that. Like one thing I was reading about, was, <laughs> and I mean, that's just the everyday person that maybe doesn't know a lot about broadcast radio or television or anything, but I was reading you, you did all the um, opening uh, edits, all the, those cuts mm-hmm. uh, to open the show. What other, what other things did you do there that people might say, Oh my God, I don't believe Bean did that.
2: Well, I can't signal out my contribution because everybody that was working on that show did more than you know that they did. You know, Beer Mug was working hard. Omar Khan in the production room was working hard. You know, Chip, our board op, was working hard. I mean, everybody was working hard. You know, and there's, as you know, as you guys know, doing a podcast and Matt, as you know, doing a a television show— it's an inexhaustible uh, content machine. You never ever rest because it doesn't matter how much content you brought to the show today. You have another one to do tomorrow, and you got to start filling up the cup again, right? So, I mean, it was a team effort. It wasn't just me. It was everybody on that show was just working really, really hard, and we were really lucky to have a great, you know, have a great staff. I mean, if if I give Kevin and me credit for for anything, it's that I feel like we had a pretty good eye for talent. And I'm not just talking about on-air comedy talent. You know, we get a lot of credit for people like Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla and, and people like that, Mike Catherwood and Ralph Garman, people who've gone on to have really successful careers. And yeah, they were easy hires because they were so damned good. But even all the behind the scenes people that aren't, big names for people. We, I think we hired really well. We knew what we were looking for and we hired people who were really into the job and were really hard workers and really contributed a lot. And, you know, we used to always say, and this is so true, Kevin and Bean's names were on the door, but it really was a team effort. You know, it really was a group effort and everybody worked really hard. I was, I was lucky for a long time to have the kind of support I did for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, you're selling yourself short because you and Kevin were obviously amazing on that show. Go ahead, Matt. How
2: old were you guys when you were listening to our show? Because I hear stories like even when Allie talks about listening to us when she was, you know, getting dropped off for middle school. I've shaken my head. But I mean, Robbie, were, I mean, I was on when you were born. So were you like a little kid listening?
1: Uh, I think I started listening on the drive uh in high school so i would have been 14 at the time so that would have been around 2001 is when i first picked you guys up oh okay so you missed a lot I, okay yeah i missed a lot uh but was a pretty consistent when i moved to portland it's actually probably when i started listening most consistently i was downloading the podcast every day because i was pretty homesick so it was my piece at home and mm. i don't think i don't think since 2013 i ever missed an episode Yeah, Yeah. we
2: hear that a lot from people who it was their touchstone to Southern California. How about you, Matt? Are you from Southern California?
1: I am. I
0: was born and raised actually in the same uh, area as Robbie. We just didn't know each other at the time. I'm five years older than Robbie. So uh, same area in La Crescenta. Um, I graduated high school in 2000. So I was listening to you all the way from 1990 through 2000, whatever. Wow. You heard, <laughs> so on. you heard the worst
2: of Kevin and Bean. Yeah. <laughs> Those first few years
0: or were the best. so awful. I we're learned to so cuss, cuss from Mr. Burcham <laughs> back in the day. But yeah, I, I moved around for to like Colorado for radio and a bunch of places. But just like Robbie, I'd uh, I'd download the, uh, when it went into the uh, digital form to podcast, I'd be able to listen to you guys while I'm on a treadmill or something. So mm. when that happened, it was just great. That uh, little reminder of home. Being How much a, radio
2: did you do, by the way? I've heard you mention radio before, but I, I've never heard uh, what, you, uh, what were you doing.
0: I did um, in in LA. I thought I could be one of the point zero 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 one percent to start in LA and make it in LA, I realize mm-hmm. that's not a real thing for most for the most part, unless your mom is Oprah. Um, but I uh, I did, or some, unless
2: you're Matt Money Smith or Petrus Papadakis.
0: Okay, unless you're them as well, yeah. Uh, but uh, so I guess never mind everything I just unless said. you're
1: good, unless you're good, that was it.
0: That's what we were looking for. Um, I did, uh, I did, I worked for Clear Channel in LA for a while over in Orange, and I did uh, traffic. I did some traffic as well as little news updates for some of their news stations, the AM news stations. Uh, that was pretty much part time. Worked behind the scenes of Fox Sports for like ten years, and uh, worked for a couple uh, production companies and whatnot and when i realized i gotta get out of la if i want to make it i moved to a small town in colorado uh where i was a country dj (gasps) for uh station. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous.
2: <laughs> Are you? Uh, really? Totally. Well, I love country music. I was a country DJ myself Oh. No. and I uh, did a country morning show, in fact, and uh, I still love country. I don't like a lot of the modern country stuff. I don't like the sound of it, but I still love the format and I love the older stuff and everything like that. So was that your last radio gig before you uh, made the big break to TV?
0: That was, yeah, we had a, we had a database there of uh, 10,000 songs, I believe. And I wrote down, I started a list there um, of, of all the songs I genuinely, genuinely enjoyed. I made it to 45. So there were 45 songs that I I enjoyed, but the main reason I went there is because uh, they also made me the, the sports director and play-by-play guy. So I was doing high school football and and, uh, basketball there. And
2: that was, what was your number one uh, favorite country song?
0: Oh God! And I'm going to
2: ask you the same thing, Robbie. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Number one, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about number one. I can I can name a couple that are that are up there. I really did enjoy. I, I love Kenny Rogers. I think he's fantastic. I really like Big and Rich. Their harmonizations beautiful, and uh, of course Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, those those are the big one. Uh, and those another one that's yeah, and another one that I, I really in, got to enjoy before uh, before I actually got out of there and made the jump to television was I was really getting into Little Big Town mm-hmm. and and uh, that pontoon song. Uh, yeah. Every time yeah. that'd come on, the my my friends that I had made there did not like it that much, and so I'd play it as loud as I could in front of them, and uh, it's pretty <laughs> wonderful.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Matt didn't name a song. How about you, Robbie? Do you have any country songs that you love?
1: I did not grow up listening to country. The only song I can remember from childhood is I got friends in low places. That's the (laughs) only, that's, that's about classic, man.
2: Can't go wrong there. It should be our Uh, theme song.
1: Matt mentioned uh, that we went to high school together. Bean, do you know what frequent contributor to the Kevin and Bean show also went to high school with us?
2: I have no idea. Tell me. Nick,
1: the sign holder.
2: No kidding. You knew him? I didn't know him know during him
1: high school. He was, he would have been right in between uh, us. Matt and I missed each other by a year. but I, So I think he was two years above Matt, uh, two years below me. But yes, I, but I did see him uh, holding his sign all the time in front of uh, the bagel shop in Montrose.
2: <laughs> he was very proud of his sign
1: holding, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sure put a lot of effort into it as he had his headphones on and it's giving max effort all right hold on here's some
2: here's some nick no i'm gonna, I'm gonna get high tonight though i'm gonna get very high tonight ah! <laughs> i'm gonna get so f***ed up tonight was- <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm like i am i have not caught up with nick i don't know how he's doing i gotta check in with the boy he was writing pretty, a screenplay that he wouldn't stop talking about for the last five years we knew him. He's 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 as I remember that the screen... Yeah, it, was, it was like 100,000 words at some point. We're like, dude, at some point you got to put the pen down. He's like, I got to keep writing. I don't know. It was like he was going to make a 40-hour movie or something, which I thought was ambitious for his first one. But wow, I decided okay.
3: I'm going to do producing instead.
2: <laughs> right. It was crazy. We had a lot of weirdos that we just fell in love with. I, you know, I'm still very much in touch with Doto. We text each other all the oh my time. Gosh. Does it? Doesn't Doto live in Portland now? No, he still lives in Southern California.
1: I thought last I remember he was living in Portland.
2: Well, if he if he did, he never told me about it. Oh. <laughs> sure. So yeah, he's still living in Southern California. But yeah, I still keep in touch with him. So.
0: Bean, i want to know speaking of weirdos that um you found that that you thought oh this person could maybe do something what was it about robbie that made you say huh you know what this this kid has a a good a good sound you should do stuff for us have you heard robbie I've heard him once or
2: twice. Have you heard Robbie <laughs> announce on our show? He's fantastic. It's very he's good. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like Don Pardo on Saturday Night Live. You know, he's just got that, obviously, a great voice. That goes without saying. But he just has a gravitas about him, a comfortableness about him. And I'll tell you this, and this is one thing that I learned, you know, all those years I was lucky enough to work with Ralph Garman. It's one thing to have a voice or do a voice. It's another thing to be able to do it in character and be funny. And that was the genius of Ralph, is he not only was the best at impressions, but he also was the best ad libber. And the best at making those characters funny, and Robbie is the same way. If he was just a big voice guy who could only read a script, I wouldn't need him. Right? That we our show doesn't need something like that. But every single intro that he does, he figures out a way to make it super funny, and I never ever have any idea Some what's misses. coming next.
1: Some misses for sure. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I mean, a miss for you is a B plus, though. Honestly, well, I mean, I, I have we ever not have we ever not played an intro? You know what I mean? Like you're a hundred percent as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so, uh. So, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, and the fact that he was willing to do it on a consistent basis is the most shocking thing in the world to me. I thought it would be the type of thing that you would think would be fun or funny to do for a minute. And then you'd grow bored because you have a life, right? But the fact that you keep sending them, and I, I don't, I always write you go and say, never feel bad if you, if you don't have time. There's no pressure. We're grateful for whatever you send. But if you don't, don't even worry. If you never did another one, I, it'd be totally fine. We'd still be friends. You know no, what I mean? So- no. I, I'm just grateful you contribute.
1: Like I said, it, it's been a dream. Like it was always a dream to be uh, a part of the Kevin and Bean universe. So this is awesome, and I will continue to do so unless I oh, get it's to a, unless I get to a Ralph Garman Jimmy Kimmel level.
2: Then oh yeah, then uh, and out. then you then yeah, and then no one would blame you. No one would blame you. And by the way, let me tell you something about J- Jimmy Kimmel. I could call him today and he would pick up or email him today and he would write right back. I mean, this is a guy who's freaking hosting the Oscars a few times now. You do call I mean? me and, he, and I'll pick he, up. We're the same. I know. I agree. Right? Same guy. That's same what guy. I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're practically Jimmy Kimmel is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But that's what a great guy he is. Talk about never forgetting the little people. You know, you always hear about these big stars who forget about the people they came up with. Not Jimmy, man. He is the same guy today as he was the day we hired him and I, I love him. And I've, I was deeply offended that it took you so long in your conversation about late night TV hosts the other day on your uh-huh. episode that you it, it took like 12 minutes before you even got to Jimmy Kimmel. And I'm screaming, I but like, what about
0: Kimmel? Well, he should have retired then. I mean, not that we want him to, but then we talk about it more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Because you're naming, I mean, honestly, I don't know how you have the bandwidth for freaking uh, uh, Seth Meyers or Jimmy Fallon before you even think <laughs> Not about Jimmy, Jimmy Dullin, Kimmel. No. Yeah, we didn't, <laughs> you know, we didn't. I was just like, uh, I feel like you need, need to do some reordering on your late night shows.
1: You know, uh, well, you, he's a great dude. You mentioned that you uh, listened to our show. Were you at all offended when we said the worst song in the world and Matt and Brandon went with a Paul McCartney Christmas song? Did that did that deeply hurt you? <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, it shows your ignorance. It did not (laughs) hurt me so much. I mean, I would be embarrassed if I were you. But it it was no skin off my teeth. I mean, you—you couldn't be more. How do you like that song, though? Because I've heard it and it's great. Oh,
0: that's how I'd never put it there
2: and put it. Because I've heard it and it's great. No, it just—it's fun. I mean, look. I think a lot of for a lot of people, I'm going to concede a point to you here, Matt. I think people do great on a curve when it comes to Christmas songs because of the associations that they have with the holidays and with hearing them every year and with tradition. And I think sometimes they'll allow a song that the rest of the year wouldn't cut it. I happen to think Goodnight to... what What are we talking about? Wonderful Christmas Time. I happen to think Wonderful Christmas Time stands on its own. It's a great song. I have no problems with it. But there are some people who probably would hate it if it weren't a Christmas song. But they just have a nice association with it.
0: I think it'd be okay if if maybe it were a three minute song, but what Mm. is it like ten minutes of the same thing over and over again? (laughs)
2: I think it's not that long. It's not that long. Give or take. It seems like it to you, I guess.
1: (laughs) I I think I won that segment. I think my song choice was by far much worse than worst song ever. Yes. What was was it it again? What was uh oh God? It was the uh, you don't know. Go big or go home. That one. Oh, That's yeah. That was, terrib-
2: that was terrible. Yeah, that was a terrible song. Yes, I end. didn't know, but uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't I mean, know about it. I'd never heard of it until you brought it up either, by the way. Well, I still, still never not of my is. pain. I, oh. think, I think my least Well, you guys are too young to know my least favorite song. Um, my least favorite song is a song from uh, the early 1980s. All right, here you go, Matt. This is Robbie's okay. Go Big or Go Home. Go Big or Go home.
0: Oh, that's right. He played us a little segment.
2: And he talked about how he heard it a lot during the playoffs and stuff. You know, they would play it for the sports packages and stuff. I didn't know this song, and it's pretty bad. Um, My song is a song that I think went to number three in about 1982, and you guys won't know it, but some of your listeners might, and it was called I've Never Been to Me by Charlene. Charlene. Uh, Charlene, yes. I've Never Been to Me. Does this sound at all familiar with... Robbie, have you heard of it? I think I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, it's the worst. I want that's your homework, guys, after this show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> after no. Show. I've never been I don't to me. think I don't have a clip. I don't have a clip of it. But it is, yeah, that, it's I think okay. That's my least favorite hit song of all time. i say
1: we're on Apple Podcast, so I don't think I think we would get it taken down if we uh if we did. If anybody <laughs> yeah, was I listening. Would... Apparently nobody's listening to our show according to you. as I that's heard on the That's what blast. I heard.
2: <laughs> well, I've heard you say you have a hundred listeners. I think that's a very of optimistic. Listeners. Of I think listeners. that's is the very I optimistic. It. I think you're of yourself, frankly. Uh, and I'm also going to tell you because, you know, we have a free version of our A Cup of Tea and a Chat podcast. And mm-hmm. I leave in clips of music. I don't play long stretches. But if yeah. I use something in an intro or something like that and I leave it in, I've never been flagged. So I think you can get away with a, a, a few seconds here and there. Huh. Oh, okay I
0: what's just... the industry industry standard? they only allow what uh, two seconds or something like that, or
2: My understanding is that's just a guess that people make feeling like they can get away with it. I think you're technically legally not allowed to use a second of it. I don't think you're allowed to use any it. the only exception I've heard is like in news context, or I don't know, there is some way you're supposed to be able to use it, but not not at all the way any of us want to use it or are trying to use it. Is,
1: I is there, is there okay. more leeway when you use the uh, Patreon model? No. Or is it no. the exact same thing?
2: It's the exact same thing, yes. Oh, okay. But you're less likely to have anyone hear it.
1: That yeah. could uh, cause trouble. Would, yeah, someone would have to pay for uh, it. I can, I can, it can it
0: tell bad. you how you are allowed to use it, uh, at okay. least in television news. Uh, you can use it if it's in the background of something else you're recording. I did an interview once, uh, for a a military story I was doing and in the background they were playing military music, patriotic stuff and whatnot. And it was loud enough for me to be able to get on my, my, it was not, people were not dying. Um, I, uh, so I was able to pick that up on my secondary speaker or my secondary microphone. And so I used that in the background of specific parts to make the story a little bit better. And, Mm -hmm. uh, Nobody flagged me, so Got there right we go. Yeah.
2: Did you see the cop the other day who br- pulled out his phone and started playing a Taylor Swift yeah. song because he was being videoed <laughs> oh, and, and yes, he didn't want I the, did the, that. the citizen was going to put it up on YouTube and he thought, oh, this will get it taken down if I put some copyrighted music on it. I don't know if it worked or not, but. I can't, that can't be a good look for the cop. No,
0: no, it really can't be. Cause that's basically admitting guilt right there saying I'm about to do something that, uh, right. That I'd rather
2: people not see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been in, uh, in Idaho, Matt?
0: Uh, I've been in Idaho on and off now for a little over five years. I've been at this current position for, uh, three years. I'm actually mm-hmm. uh, renegotiating or not renegotiating, uh looking to extend my contract now and uh And you're doing news or sports or both? I'm doing news. Uh with you're doing my news? As you may know, uh, many, many news stations are phasing out their sports departments, unfortunately. So I've not been in sports uh, for since two stations ago now. And so just doing news. But but like yourself, actually, that's a that's a good segue to what I was going to ask you. Um, I'm doing morning news, which is great because I'm a goofy human being. And uh, with morning stuff, you get to be a little goofier. You have fun entertainment segments. I get to say stupid things and people are like, he's a morning show anchor. That's fine. So my question to you I get up at about uh 2:45 every morning how were you able to sustain getting up at ungodly hours for 30 years
2: well, you know, one day at a time, right? Anything unpleasant that you have to do, you don't look at it in the context of this year or this decade. You just go, I just have to get through it today and I'm going to feel crappy today. and I'm going to be tired today. I'm going to wish I could take a nap today, but it won't happen probably. And I've got to do it again tomorrow. You, that's all you can do is just one day at a time. Is your biggest fear that you're going to go in and be yucking it up with a reporter at a yogurt shop and the next thing you know, the next 9-11 happens and now people are looking at you to be the guy who's going to like break down Syria serious- news that's happening live Oof.
0: um no because i've done enough i've done enough series no, my, they my last, me. <laughs> they, a, they won't let me yeah. B, um my last station uh maybe you've been there up the coast of california was in uh salinas california the monterey monterey area and if you know anything about salinas it has an enormous gang problem and so my my beat, I, I anchored at night, but I reported during the day. And there was at least one to two homicides I'd cover per week. So it got to the point, it was basically all serious. It was, for the most part, it was all serious news. So I, I know how to do that. It's still with me. Um, that's, well, that's one huge reason why I was so happy to move to a morning anchor spot, yeah. not only to anchor full time, but be to be sillier and goofier. And especially here in Boise, Idaho, where there's knock on wood, no crime or very little crime, very, uh, very little crime. So it's, it's pretty much coming to
1: Idaho. Just watch out.
0: We're coming. And and I know people are, people are moving here for that, (laughs) for that reason. So for the most part, it's mostly fun. But if something like that did happen, I know I'd be ready for it. I'd know how to react.
2: Is your plan to move up to a bigger market after Boise, or do you think that's your home and you'd love to stay there for a long time?
0: To be honest, uh, I shouldn't say this in a podcast because I'm in the middle of negotiating.
2: Uh, (laughs) I just assume that people who are in Boise or people who are in Spokane or people who are in Portland are all looking at Seattle.
0: I am not. Uh, okay. if, if I had my way and granted it's, it's up to them because I've already put in my, what I'd, what I'd like to be making or what I'd like to do, I would actually like to stay here at this point. And I know people back in LA, uh, I know people around the country now. I don't think based on my experience and, and how decent I am as an anchor, I guess I'll say, I don't think it would be hard to me to move or for me to move to a bigger, bigger market. But if, have you been to Boise? Of course. Oh. I lived
1: in Washington for 16 oh, years. Yeah. I've, been to, I, I've been
2: all over Idaho. I've even Fair. been to the world's largest potato chip, which I is in Idaho. Gonna, I was know. just going to say,
1: if there's the world's largest peanut there or something, he's <laughs> oh, been <yeah>. there. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: I've been to the world's largest potato chip. Yeah, I love it, which I think is in uh, Pocatello. But, okay. yeah, I've been, to, I've been to Twin Falls, and I've been to Pocatello, and I've been to Boise. I've been up to Coeur yeah, I love Idaho.
0: Gotcha. Well, Idaho is fantastic. And it's it's the hidden gem, no pun intended, as the gem state. But mm-hmm. it's 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 such a great place. There's everything to do here. Cost of living is not ridicu- ridiculous yet. Uh, the people are friendly. Great food. Tons of recreation. There's the only thing that's missing missing is the ocean. And that's it. But otherwise, there's everything you'd ever want here. And No professional sporting teams, though. That's true. That's true. But uh, we've I got... mean, when I was when
2: I've moved around the country, like Donna and I, when we moved to Seattle in 1999, we thought about Portland also. But it was the Mariners that changed my mind. I said, I'd rather live where there is baseball. So we moved to Seattle instead.
1: Huh.
2: Uh, speaking I, I of love... the Mariners. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Sorry. Speaking of the Mariners, do you still do your uh, annual bet with uh, money? Uh, Matt you money know,
2: Smith? I don't Think we do? We never actually offic- oh. We never actually officially stopped doing it. It just kind of. I guess I moved away or something, and we lost touch on that topic. We are still in touch otherwise, but I don't think we I know
1: do. the. I know the payments are weird. What What was the weirdest one? I know you had one where somebody paid the other in pesos. Uh. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, we used to try to make it as inconvenient for the other guy as possible, and yeah, we did use all sorts of different kind of currencies from around the world. Um, my favorite one, I think, was Donna and I stayed up one night and we folded them all into... We folded each of the dollars into like swans or something. So they, <laughs> it's like a hundred like little swan statues that I mailed to them just to make it. A, and one time we glued all the money onto like poster board. So it'd be almost, you'd have to literally cut them out, right? We, did, we just did all sorts of goofy stuff. But I will tell you, we probably had that bet and paid off that bet at least 15 years. And I never won. I don't. I, I don't think I ever won. I might've won one. And the bet was who had a better record, the angels or the Mariners, right? I think maybe yeah. I won one year and he won all the rest. Cause let's
1: remember. to say not since 2001, probably. Right.
2: 2001 was the, the tide for the greatest season a baseball team has ever had. Right. 116 yeah. wins. I'll never forget it. It was the greatest baseball summer of my life. Right. Since then, they haven't made the playoffs. have not made the playoffs. They're the only team in the MLB that has never been to the world series. They've never even been to the, they've never even been to the American league championship. That's how terrible the Mariners have been for so long. So, Jeez. and even I still, the Clipper,
1: even the Clippers have gotten to a conference finals this right. year. That's right. It's yes. just it's you guys now. <laughs> right.
2: <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. So the Mariners are very, very sad, a very sad team, but I do still love them and I do still follow them. And the time difference makes it impossible to watch. I, I'm, I'm not getting up at three in the morning, you know, watch anything. Uh, I'm still, you know, I still get the NFL package. I still try to watch as many Seahawks games as I can, but I like to watch them live. To me, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Even if you avoid spoilers, stay off social media, are you able to watch a recorded game and enjoy it, or does it just feel icky? I
1: I, uh, ordered the UFC fight yesterday, and I had to pause it uh, for about 30 minutes, and my plan was just to watch the fight, and I just couldn't do it. I was just like, no, I'm just going to go right through this uh, first uh, bout, because... Yeah, I can't do it. No. Especially I'm always constantly on my phone, I'm on Twitter, so I'm going to mm-hmm. see those results regardless. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. The the only thing I I will do I will not watch.
0: I will not go back to a game that's already over and rewatch it. The only thing I will do if I'm watching a baseball game, huge Dodger fan, if I'm watching my Dodgers or something, the game is currently going on and I have to do something, I'll pause it uh, and then I'll go through every at bat and then fast forward to the next at bat through the commercials and whatnot. To, but I will not get caught up. Yeah. Yeah. Get caught up. That's the only thing. But that's no, fair. I'm with you. Yeah. I won't. Yeah, I won't go back fair. and watch the whole
1: game.
2: But, you know, most of the games are in the middle of the night here. So I do end up going back and, and watching the usually the 40 minute recap. You know, I usually watch that one. That's part of the NFL package that you can get. So
0: so, so let me ask you, you lived in L.A. for for how long? Nine and a half years. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. wow.
2: And I lived in San Francisco for a year and a half before that. So I lived in California for, yeah, for 11
0: Okay. Gotcha. And you lived in Seattle for what? 16. Like 12, 16. Okay. So that- And then New was, Orleans for four. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you never became a fan of any of the, the LA sports teams while you're there?
2: Oh, I did. I definitely became a big Dodgers fan. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're my national league team. You know, it was hard not to- root for the Dodgers because I was in a room, you know, I wasn't in the room, but I was doing a show with all Dodgers fans. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was hard not to get caught up and doing the interviews with the players and coaches and things. Yeah, I absolutely. And there was no reason for me not to root for them. So yeah, they were on national league team and the Mariners were my American league team.
0: Is baseball your number one sport? Would you say?
2: I think it was, I think like a lot of people, my age, I grew up with baseball being everything like far and away the number one sport. And I think Baseball has not done a great job of improving. And the NFL has gotten so much better in the last 20 years. And I think I'm one of those guys who probably a bigger NFL fan now. Probably, what,
1: you know. What is it What is it about baseball that you'd like to see improved? Is it just the speed of the game? Because that seems to mostly, be the number one.
2: Yes. Mostly it is the speed of the game. It is ridiculous. It's just insane and i know that there, there are purists who say that's the way it's been played for 150 years you know that's the beauty of the game it's the only sport without a clock i totally get that i do but, but at, i think three and a half hour games are boring i really do i think three and a half hour football games are boring too yeah. thank god you can fast forward through i mean what a you guys would know this stat in a in a three-hour nfl game the clock is is there's 11 minutes of action or something right i mean isn't that what they say there's some ridiculously oh, low yeah. amount of action yeah, yeah. in a in a complete uh, football game uh but at least something's i don't know look Uh, there can be a one zero game that can be the most exciting game you've ever seen in your life. You know, there's at bats where you do hang on every pitch and it can be an 11 pitch at bat and it can be one of the most exciting things you've seen in your life. But for the most part, most interactions between pitchers and batters are kind of boring. And also this last few years where it's turned into either home runs or strikeouts, which is the direction that we've been going. I just feel like there's so much less strategy now because you're not trying to steal a base and you're not trying to advance a runner. Like none of that stuff has happened. Happening anymore? Everybody gets up and they're either going to hit a home run or they're going to sw- strike out for the most part. Do you think they should just
1: get rid of extra innings and, d- and just have a tie? I mean, obviously you you get you have extra innings when it's the playoffs, but I just don't right. see the point of why we need to go into extra innings
2: in a hundred and sixty two. No, to- yeah, no, I hear you because it's a long. I, by the way. I'm not married to 162. I don't think yeah. most people had a problem with the amount of games we had in the strike years. You know what I mean, or, or the, the COVID or the bubble years. year, yeah, or the bubble year. Exactly. I think people were fine with 70 games or whatever it was. Yeah. I like having a winner, Robbie. I think I'm okay with extra innings. I do, I think that the whole let's start the tenth inning with a guy on second is stupid though. I think that's just it's really yeah, it just sounds like you're just I don't know, you gotta make something up and it's everything's gonna sound weird when you first try it. But that just seems juvenile to me.
0: One one thing you would mention is you can have the most exciting, speaking of baseball, the one the most exciting one to nothing game you've ever seen. Mm Mm-hmm. If we're talking one to nothing games, that's like the epitome of soccer or football. Tell me, Mm -hmm. as someone that now lives in England, speaking to Americans who still think that soccer is fine or whatever, what is it like? And I'm going to sound like an idiot now if you have not been to a match yet. But what is it like to be in a stadium in Europe during during a football match like a huge hasn't oh you (laughs) haven't well (laughs) no I have I have not
2: you have not this time since I've been living here but I have in other times that I've come to visit yeah um you know it's it's the energy and the excitement of going to a Patriots game or going to a Lakers game or going to a Dodgers game in the playoffs you know what I mean the game you know the games are you know people get really really hyped for their team and I get that people are turned off by the low scores. When you start to pay attention to the artistry of how the teams are working to stop shots on goal, it really gets—it's kind of like watching hockey, by the way. There are very few shots on goal in hockey as well. It's a very similar sort of thing. When you start to pay attention to how much is going on to prevent those shots on goal, you really become impressed with the athleticism of these kids. I can't even imagine running back and forth a soccer field once. I can't imagine that <laughs> these guys are doing it for 90 plus minutes. It's just shocking to me, but they really, I mean, everybody, it's not just a bunch of guys running around doing nothing, going up and down the field. Every one of those guys is doing four or five different things at the same time with trying to stop, uh, to try to stop, you know, their counterparts on the other team. And it's really impressive to see what they do. It really is. And man, being a goalie has just got to be the mo- just same as in hockey. It's got to be the most stressful job in the world that you are. You know, you hope that you have a good enough defense that there aren't going to be that many shots in gold, but when there are, it's on you, baby, it is on you. And I can't even imagine the pressure of that. And it
1: does seem like the easiest sports position because I always see goalies constantly giving up goals. And mm-hmm. I feel like I could do that as long as I just jump in the air and land on my side that I can qualify to be a goalie. <laughs> you, well, know big, how, right. you know how,
2: you know, it's funny. I used to, years ago, I used to think, why are, uh, you see you see guys showboating when they hit a home run too, and you're like, what's the expression? Act like you've been there before, right? You see these football slash soccer guys who score a goal, and then they just run around the whole stadium waving their sh- and they slide into the grass and their hands are in the air. And I'm like, you scored a point, dude. All right. (laughs) But now that I watch so much more football, I realize... That's probably enough, and it's really, really hard to do. You know what I mean? It's like every time you hit a goal in my mind, it's like hitting a half court shot in the NBA. You know what I mean? It just is hard to do, and everybody's trying to stop you from doing it. It doesn't happen very often.
1: Yeah, so, I have a buddy. I have a buddy who used to play for the Timbers back in the early day, and he said basically going up one nothing is basically like in football going up uh, about seventeen nothing. Yeah, it's just that's, so hard to get That's a about
3: right.
2: Yeah, that's about right. And that's why, you know, like the like the England Ukraine game uh, two games ago when they were they went four to nothing. It was just like you just couldn't even believe you were seeing it like it just didn't even seem real, you know. So it's exciting. But I think it's like with any look, any sport that I don't like is probably a sport that I don't understand. And if I spent more time with it, I probably would grow to appreciate it. The more you know about it and the more time you spend with it, I think the more you 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 enjoy it.
0: That sounds like all non-sports fans, though. It's just a matter of understanding it.
2: Right. Probably so. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Bean, I wanted to jump back, unless, Robbie, you had anything other otherwise in, in the sports realm. Uh, I want to jump back to Kevin and Bean for a moment. Looking yes. back, is there a reoccurring skit or character that you liked? That every time you knew that was going to come on, you were like, oh, God, I'm so excited that you just enjoyed more than anything else
2: oh i think there were a few that were my favorites and i love the wheel of bad animal voices and that it again is. was mostly to you know because ralph was so funny at coming <laughs> up with those voices and those <laughs> and uh i i thought that was great um you know a lot of my favorite bits were you know ralph was definitely a part of them like one of my favorite characters he used to do is every time we'd talk to Bruce Springsteen. Do you guys remember when we talked to Bruce? <laughs> oh, yeah. And Bruce would yeah. always like be Bruce killing a bunch of people God. and yeah. burying them in the in the sand and stuff. <laughs> Even though you knew it was coming. <laughs> I mean, a perfect example is, you know, we used to talk to Larry Flint all the time. He was the pornographer who ran Hustler, right? And he yeah. had been crippled by an assassin's, you know, attempted assassin's bullet. He was in a wheelchair. So the premise of every single bit was we're going to have this whole conversation, and then Larry was going to get up to get oh. something out of his desk, and he was going to forget that he couldn't walk. And he was going <laughs> to fall down, right? And we did it 100 times. <laughs> and it oh, never—
3: didn't get funny. It
2: cracked me up every single time. How, so a, a lot of those bits uh, come to mind. But we had so many regular features that I really enjoyed. I mean, even the stuff where they were, you know, clowning on me, like uh, you know, Mr. Bad Example or uh, or um, uh, Would you like to take that back? Like, I yeah. always <laughs> thought those bits were really, really funny. <laughs> that's and great. that's one of the things that I really liked about our show is that it was very self-deprecating and not just to be funny. I mean, that's really how we were as people. You know what I mean? Everybody loved clowning on everybody else. How
1: was, how was mole introduced? I I know who he is. Was that Mm -hmm. uh, a friend? Was he a
2: friend of uh, Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, I think so. You know, and he's a major part of Jimmy Kimmel's late night yeah. show now as Jake Bird. Yeah, I think that's how we got him as he was a friend of uh, Jimmy. And I don't know where the character came from, but we, you know, just started using him so long ago. And it was only something we did a couple of times a year. But people, it was very memorable. You know, it people worked, always yeah. thought of it because it was so funny.
1: Yeah, how about that character and Roland were probably like two of my favorites. Roland was yeah. hilarious as well.
2: Well, there was a little bit of Roland in you, I assume, Robbie. Uh,
1: oh, no. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's still how,
1: still working out the reaction times. <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, how about
0: bands or artists that came on? Did you have a, a favorite that that used to uh, come on or used to play? And uh, what about a, a least favorite?
2: I mean, look, we were there for so long. Yeah, I know. We were so lucky to meet you know everybody. You know, and some of my favorite bands of all time, we got to be in the room with them and watch them play. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, and that's the type of thing that you just, it's a memory that lasts a lifetime, you know. Uh, you know, Jack White is one of my favorite entertainers of all time, being able to, you know, we did that whole Breakfast With series that we do oftentimes in a room at K-Rock. Sometimes it would be a public thing somewhere else, but it was a really, really small venue, a club venue. And we'd have the biggest, you have U2 playing, you know. I mean, it's just, you're close enough that you're you're sitting on the stage essentially watching them. So just I had a lot of respect for the musicians that we're able to able to spend time with. I mean, there's a reason they get to that level is because they're that good. They're that talented and watching them play up close was just a thrill, especially for a huge music fan like me, you know. Uh, And I... Love the interviews. And I was really, really lucky to get to interview so many of the people that I, you know, considered heroes. I mean, going all the way back to, you know, the very early, you mentioned Johnny Cash and we had Johnny Cash on our radio show in the early nineties when, when he was reinvented, when Rick Rubin started that series of albums, the American Recordings, you know, late in Johnny's life, you know, they brought him into K-Rock to promote it. And I was like, I can't believe I'm shaking this man's hand. You know, he was there at the birth of rock and roll. And now I get a chance to talk to Johnny Cash. Right. So, you know, everybody from him on. And, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of those kind of people became friends because they came in on every album cycle or or whatnot. So we, you know, got to be friendly with them. Uh, you know, I remember so vividly, uh, you know, one of Lincoln Park's first big gigs was playing the K-Rock calendar signing in the parking lot of a Best Buy, you know, and they were just so nervous and there was a couple of thousand people there but they just blew up like one step closer hadn't even come out yet but it was getting ready to. And then you go off and see what they and they end up playing stadiums and stuff and you feel like a real sense of pride and you know, not ownership but just hey, I was there, you know, and I got to be part of watching this happen and it was just so so fun. And not to ramble, but you know, having Weird Al on as many times oh. as we did, you know, who's my personal Lord and Savior, my hero. If I get another tattoo, it's gonna be Weird Al. And uh, you know, considering him a friend, you know, after doing that job for so long is just the, the biggest thrill of my life.
1: Well, don't do that because we don't want Weird Al to get canceled. So please don't put him on <laughs> hey, you think that's near what's gonna happen body. if I
2: if I put a tattoo?
1: <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> it seems it seems most likely.
2: Uh, I feel like K-Rock. it's got to be Weird Al or, or Taylor Swift. I feel like one of those has got to be <laughs> my next tattoo.
1: I feel like Taylor is probably the safer bet. I think Al I, is I would, the safer.
2: Al nev- Al's, Al's never even sworn. Bet. He's never even said a bad word, much less killed someone. Like I'm sure man. Taylor's killed someone. <laughs> For sure.
1: <laughs> uh, last K-Rock uh, question. Who was the worst guess to ever come on the Kevin and Bean show with someone that you just couldn't have like you had to kick him out almost
2: oh I think there were I think there were a few Um, I know
1: Dustin Diamond was he
2: was definitely one of them
1: yeah
0: Yeah, I I remember I
1: remember listening you were saying
0: uh, the cardigans were awful I remember correctly
2: Yeah, they were just really that was a band that had a song in the mid 90s called Love Fool from Sweden. And they, I think, were just, you know, tired is what it was, you know, 730 in the morning. The last thing they wanted to do is be doing a dumb radio interview in America. Right. And the drummer fell asleep during the interview and they were just, you know, Kevin and I got better throughout the years. But I mean, in the early days, you know, you're a little bit nervous, you're new, you want to make a good impression and uh, you write out as many questions as you can think of. And the cardigans gave so little back that we were out of questions in like five minutes. <laughs> you know, what I mean, because they had just no yes to us into submission. Right. So that's a famous interview in, in Kevin and Bean lore, because, you know, then we just started, asking dumb stuff like, do you like pasta and things like that? Just because we're out, you know, we just because we're out, we had nothing else. And I started talking about Norway because I was a huge fan of Norway. I'd been to Norway a couple of times at that point. And of course, they're Swedish. They don't care about Norway. So they were like, stop talking about Norway. So it just got weird. But we, uh, you know, in general, you know, in general, those people who come in are pretty professional, but there were a few along the way that it didn't go great. There were definitely some people, I can't remember any names that come to mind, but actors or whatever who... Oh, we'll never have them on again. You know what I mean? They'll come on, and they're and they're just so terrible. Who's the actor who played uh, the Mentalist? What's that guy's name?
1: Oh, Tony oh. Shu. Oh, wait, no, 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 he's, no. That's he's not, monk, that yeah. was the different. Yeah, that was Monk. Whatever. the Mentalist like an Australian guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, he was a, an example just popped into my mind of just a guy who just gave you nothing. And it's very possible that he was having a bad day, and he might have been great another time. But you know, you feel like you got burned once. You know, learn your lesson. Don't don't book him again.
3: I have all these questions
2: for you. Okay. And, 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 oh, there's Brandon. Uh, Hi, Brandon. Ask a question.
3: But the, the the main the main one I have is uh, I've you know I've been doing podcasting here uh, for a good five or so years, and I'm I'm not I'm not great, so I'll never I'll never claim that I'm great. But you talk about interviews, and that that's really interesting to me. As far as you, you mentioned, you and Kevin uh, starting starting it off, and, and, and you know, figuring yourself, figuring your way out in the interview way, uh, and then and then having bad guests, and and having guests that you don't uh, you, you're not getting stuff out of what methods or or ways have you found over the years uh, to extract extract good quality content from folks who may not have the uh, best avenue for it. I well,
2: I, I mean, I'm no expert in this area, Brandon, but I mean, a couple things that just come to mind that I would throw out is one is if there's any way you can figure out what they're passionate about, if there's a way you could figure out to ask a question that will get them to tell them what tell you what it is they love, what it is they most like to do, or what it is they most care about, or what it is their hobbies. Maybe it's not the thing that they're on to promote, but you find out that they're crazy animal people or something, and that at least gives you something to talk about that, that will animate them because that's a subject that they're passionate about. So that's one thing. And the other thing, which is just, by the way, it's halftime now, still one nil. The other thing is that, uh, you know, you, you hear this in interviewing 101 is go out of your way to not ask closed questions. Don't give them the opportunity to give you a yes or no answer if you can you know ask a lot of how did you feel or what did you think or those sorts of things rather than were you or did you because or, that, yeah, go
1: ahead I would say or questions like what did you do in slither
2: <laughs> like those as an great. example as an example. <laughs> If you have no idea what the hell you're talking about and you're not exactly sure who's on the phone, maybe just don't say anything. Just let other people carry the interview. In that particular instance, yes. Uh, Elizabeth Banks said, boy, I'll never live that one down. Uh, you're going to miss. There's. You're going to have bad interviews and sometimes it's going to be because of the guests, but sometimes it's going to be because you, either you weren't prepared or you weren't on your game or you just didn't think of something that you should have thought of at the time, but you just got to do the best you can. And like every other muscle, you know, the more you use it, the better you get.
3: Is, is there is there a, a better Benefits to writing a lot of questions, as far as you, know, you want to be prepared, you want to know who you're talking to, and, and you want to know their background, and and kind of avoiding asking anything that they've, you know, the, the canned statements that they've, uh, I've already gone through, you know, so many times over the years. Uh, is there a benefit to just putting down as many questions as you can, so you have that content? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's something you may not even use it. I mean, the
2: best interviews are interviews that become conversations. They don't even become a question and answer. They just become a conversation. That's what you hope for. And I felt like that was where we got really lucky with so many of the comedians that came in is it wasn't us asking them questions because they were there to promote a gig or a movie or an album or something like that. It was we were just being friendly and just talking about stuff and sometimes it didn't have anything to do with any of that, but it just flowed and felt like you were eavesdropping on a conversation which by the way is exactly what people like about podcasts too is it's so in, it feels informal, right? Like this conversation that we're having right now it doesn't feel like you're interviewing me it just feels like we're out to lunch right now, we're just having a chat. And that's what you hope people will take away, right? So yeah, I would say it never hurts to write a bunch of questions. And you hit on something really important, Brandon, which is stay away from their Wikipedia page because everything that's on there is the 15 things that every single person that does an interview with them, you need to know that stuff. Yeah. You want to know what year their that album came out or what year they won that championship or whatever it is. You got to know that information, but you're not asking questions off of that. You got to I'm, look somewhere else.
1: I'm glad I skipped the married with children questions about DJ <laughs> Rakul. <Racool.
2: laughs> Don't go to Wikipedia. By the way, I firmly believe that Wikipedia is the most accurate encyclopedia in the world because it is crowdsourced. And I know that you can go on and change something today, but the chances are that somebody's going to go on right after you change something and change it back because the people do try to make it as truthful as possible. But uh, it's just a lot of stuff like on, on ours. I only know mine personally. Tons of stuff is wrong on the Kevin and B1. And I'm not even about to go in there and change it. It's not worth my time. But there is a ton of stuff that's wrong. So do be careful with it, even though it's generally pretty accurate.
0: What are are some of the what's like, what's the most egregious thing on there that's
2: completely incorrect, if anything specific? Oh, I haven't looked at it in years. (laughs) Okay, I don't even remember anymore. But I do remember. I mean, I I know, for instance, like they had the island that I lived on in Washington wrong, you know, which is fine because it's not something that i advertised or anything but it was i assume it was just somebody guessing or whatever but there was just a bunch do you want
1: that do you want that correct to
2: find you on that island uh well i'm not there anymore so i live on a much bigger island now but uh uh, yeah. So stay away from Wik- Wikipedia, Brandon, just look for some common ground, you know, just like you would with anybody else. If you're at a party, you're having a conversation about something you're both interested in. That's what you're looking for.
3: The, 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 the th- Thank you for that. The last question, the last question I have is again, still on the interview piece, Robbie and Matt, this is their first interview with somebody together. Uh, Matt, Matt has done interviews by himself, whether on the, Thousands. whether on the radio or whether on TV, Robbie, you interview me all the time. It's you know you're like tell me more about Matt. You know what are his likes. I to interview
1: him? guests every day at my job. It's basically <laughs> the same
3: thing, right? right. Uh, but, but now, but now Robbie and Matt are are they've established they're establishing this relationship. Do you have any advice for them as they as they continue okay. this podcast moving forward? Oh, I forgot to record all of this.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, no, the only advice, and I know. I speak from experience here because this is something I'm absolutely guilty of is you're thinking of a question that you want to ask and you are oblivious to the fact that your partner has just asked something that is going somewhere and they have a follow up and you cut them off at the knees. You see what I'm saying? Like I jump in with my question after the guest answers it. And then I realized that, oh, that was a mistake because Kevin had a follow-up question, to the thing that he just asked, and I didn't give him the opportunity to ask it. So just, you got to kind of be aware that it looks, and I know it's a guessing game. Like you never know when the right time is to jump in. You're all winging it because it's fluid and it's live, but try to pay attention and not cock block the guy from a, from a good follow-up question. <laughs>
1: Well, and I can imagine it's especially harder when you were doing the show from another location that you Mm -hmm. can't even... I mean, were you guys even able to see each other?
2: Um, For the first few years, I had they had a camera on me and then we decided there wasn't any need. Plus I was super ugly and I worked nude. So (laughs) nobody was interested in that. So yeah, we eventually got rid of that. And the only camera I had on them was just a corner camera. So I could see who was in the room. Like in other words, it wasn't on Kevin or it wasn't on Allie or it wasn't on the guest or anything like that. It was just so I could see who was in the room. So I didn't like say something I shouldn't say with a person in there or whatever. Or if I had called Dave to come in, hey, during the song, Dave, can you come in? I might ask him on WhatsApp and then I'd want to be able to see if he came in the room so I could just get an overview of the room. But I'll tell you what the challenge was on our show was there were frequently three or four people doing the interview because there could be Kevin and there could be me and there could be Allie and there could be Jensen, you know, so we all had to really kind of pay attention and not step on each other's toes. But I I think we did a pretty good job. I think, especially in the early years, most people were shocked that I really that it was real that I didn't live in California. They because they all they knew is what they heard coming out of the speaker. So that was great. That was to our credit that it it made it sound like we were all in the same room. But most people had trouble believing it at first. That's for sure.
0: Let me ask you before they cut me off. Did uh, (laughs) on that note. Did you develop any kind of system with Kevin or anyone else you were working with to say, oh, hold on, I'm going to have a follow up? Like, uh, I I know you were not near them for a lot of that Mm -hmm. time, but sending like a message or something. Hold on, I got something else or anything like that.
2: I was never in touch with Kevin. I could be in touch with Jensen and Allie. They were on the WhatsApp. Kevin had enough going on trying to do what he needed to be doing without an additional distraction. Um, but I don't think we used it that much. I think it was just experience from working together. I think that's, you know, just yeah. like you just like you guys. I mean, don't you feel so much more comfortable doing the podcast fifteen episodes in? It's just oh, God, repetition.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know? I listened to our first episode and it was the most painful thing I've ever heard myself ever
2: do. Well, you know, I, I had to recently go back and listen to our first episode of a cup of tea and a chat because when we got to a hundred, I thought it would be fun to go back and see how it began. And it was weird. It was a weird experience to listen to, you know, back before everything was, you know, kind of slotted in, like we knew how it was going to go. Cause we were just winging it. You know, we never really even had a meeting about this podcast that, that Allie and I do. We just made it up as we went along and still do.
1: Awesome. uh quick quick last question uh because i know the second half is going to start and i want you to be able to watch i would this love match. to be able to watch it
2: i'm sure my wife <laughs> yeah. would appreciate me being there with her too uh
1: you mentioned a cup of tea in a chat your new podcast uh since october of 2020 uh right? w- why did you guys choose the patreon model was it you just needed
2: cash fast is when well, that I'm, it was? I'm very wealthy so that wasn't a concern <laughs> for me um I feel like um, if you're going to put in the kind of hours that we put in, you know, it's not just a, like a rinky dink fly by night, barely pay attention operation like yours. I mean, it's a serious show with commitment and production. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we put a lot of work into it. I thought, why not get paid for it? I mean, it's, you know, you want to be paid as a bartender, right? Why not get paid for doing what we do? Uh, and I thought we made the point of entry so darned cheap that anybody who ever enjoyed either Allie or me could put down 25 cents for a show. I thought that was reasonable. And we had no idea when we started whether, look, most people, if they're into podcasts, aren't paying for podcasts. There's plenty of shows without paying for one. I mean, I happen to subscribe to a couple of other Patreon podcasts, but of course, again, I'm very wealthy, right? But most people, (laughs) there was a real barrier for entry for a lot of people to convince them to pay for it. I knew was a huge ask. And we had no idea what to expect when we put that first one up. That's what we decided to do is put the first one up and say, look, this is approximately what we're going to be doing. We're going to bring you three hours plus a week. If you'd like to join us, sign here. And guys... It, it bowled us over then and it bowled us over even more now every single week when we realize that we have thousands of people who are invested enough to be able to listen to our want to listen to our show. We're so grateful. We're so humbled by it. The response has just been amazing. It really has been so much more fun and so much more gratifying than we ever expected it would be. That's awesome. Did you Being think I... Patreon was a dumb idea, Robbie? Is that it? Sounds like what you were saying is, <laughs> "What the hell was I thinking?"
1: I thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, Fair uh, enough. I couldn't believe it. No, Fair uh, No, but it was the first time I've ever uh, used Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. So you actually brought me and It's actually led me to uh, a few other podcasts. So it's actually kind of it's been a good thing, and I'm very happy to uh, pay uh, and support you guys. Uh, and you guys send me some free merch once in a while, so that helps sure. too.
2: We'll send you some uh, some uh, why so much moose stuff. Why not? Right
1: yeah yeah i would love that the green shirt looks good
2: and matt you are a subscriber as well yeah as of today <laughs> so no okay that's fine no 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 no, here,
0: no, no. i'm 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 going i i have not even listened to a podcast in general okay as as you i know robbie told you at one point i i have a 10 a month old and a new yes. house I know both of the morning show. Yeah, I know uh, both for a television station. Don't you have a commute
2: though? You have a commute,
0: right? My commute, my commute is about ten minutes. Okay, that doesn't help you that. And he's too busy listening to Bill Ryder all the time. He won't shut up about just sports radio when I walk (laughs) when I when I walk home. What am I a kid? Yes. No, (laughs) that's fair enough.
2: Look, you're not. No one is required to listen to podcasts, but I will tell you. And Robbie, I think you'll back me up on this. Saying I don't listen to podcasts is like saying I don't read books. It's like saying I don't watch television shows. It's like saying I don't watch movies. I mean, I don't go to theater. I mean, it really is an art form, and there is something for everyone there. I mean, by ignoring podcasts, you are ignoring so much great content that you would love, but that balances with the reality of your real life, which is you only have so much time like everybody, and I completely understand. You are forgiven. It was no, funny because
1: well, no, I, I just, I was just telling Brandon that I don't even listen to music anymore because I listen to nothing but podcasts at ah, this point. See, it yeah, that's <laughs> a good idea.
2: Consumes all my free time pretty much. I totally identify with that. You know, I listen to a ton of music, but it's yeah. hard to find hours in the day. to. I listen to at least a couple of podcasts a day in addition to as much music as I can. And this is all while I'm also working with our audio and everything every day. So it is tough. I've almost always got I, something. I was going to say, I, f- I found a lot of my
1: music through listening to, uh, um, the jam uh, segment oh, that good. you guys have a cup of Tina chat. Like I, and I've also uh, another band that I've been listening to a ton of that I've heard you mention, Future Islands. I love Future oh, Islands. They're I know great. you've talked about them. Yeah, they're before. great. Yeah, and that was a
2: K-Rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: and you've introduced me to Girl in Red and stuff like that. So yeah, good, great, great
0: choices. Being in my defense, mm. I just just finished my home gym right over there in the back. Mm-hmm. So I, and I got a big speaker for it as well, or speaker for the area. So I'm going to start dedicating an hour and a half per, as soon as I get a little time every day to working out and putting on a
2: podcast, such great. as a cup, a cup and a tea and chat. You're probably going to find a sports podcast. That's going to to be what you listen to. I mean, look, there's 2 million podcasts out there, literally. You know what I mean? So any subject, and I'm saying this more to your listeners than I am to you, although clearly they're podcast savvy because they found you guys, but... There's not a subject you can think of that there's not a show about. So whatever you're into, you're going to be able to find something.
0: Well, to be honest, though, listen, like I said, when I was uh, living in Colorado, the first time in Idaho, I lived in northern Idaho uh, as well for television. But my listening to you, your voice, it's like listening to home again. So trust me, I will be subscribing. I wanted to ask you one last thing, uh, at least from someone that, that does television now. Was television ever a serious option for you?
2: Well... Yes and no. Um, Living in Los Angeles and being on a high-profile station like K-Rock, we absolutely were contacted a bunch. We did some TV in the early years. You know, we were one of the, uh, or two of, the very first newsreaders on the E! Entertainment channel. When they first started, they, I mean, you got to see this, you guys, because this is like 1991, and we're wearing like these big suits We were doing our own makeup. I mean, it was just awful. And reading, and back then, E, you know, didn't have its own personality yet. So it was really just, they were just trying to give free promotion to the movie company so they could get access to stars and things like that. So it was terrible shows. So we did that. And then we did a bunch of local stuff too, like with Channel 9 or Channel 11, they would have us, you know, host movie marathons and stuff like that. You know, just little things here and there. So we had the opportunity and we got asked to do a few other things, but frankly, we were not very good on television. I didn't like doing TV. I don't think Kevin did either. And we weren't very good at it and they weren't really offering us anything great. So it kind of didn't go anywhere. One thing that we did do that Kevin ended up doing more than I did because he liked it and I really didn't was uh, we did a lot of announcing on TV. Uh, for a couple of seasons, we were the interstitial voices at the end of Fox television programmings. You know, hey, come on up next. Robbie mentioned Mary with Children. You know, we'll be doing, a, you know, reading liners and promos and stuff like that. And we also did uh, announcing for like the Grammys live. Like, you know, they're Kevin famous. Fe- That's the... Yes. Kevin's famous <laughs> Grammy. Interest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Corinne to me, it was just so boring just sitting there waiting for the end of this segment so that we could say, coming up next, we'll find out who the best new artist is. You know, it's just boring, I thought, because... You know, I don't want to be a reader. You know, I mean, yeah. one of the reasons I want to be behind a microphone is because I want to be able to say what I want to say and express my feelings, and uh, my and create my own content. So I found that boring. But uh to answer your question, we didn't get offered a lot. What we did get offered, we dabbled in, but we weren't very good at it. So I, I was never going to end up being a TV guy. I'm always way, way more a radio guy. I mean, look at me. Come on. <laughs>
1: well. You can find the podcast on Patreon. It's called A Cup of Tea in a Chat with Allie McKay and Bean Baxter. I'm also on You sound on like it for that announcer bit. guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're pretty
3: Check good at out. that.
1: Yeah, Related. it's worth, a, it's worth <laughs> the first minute and a half, uh, believe me. <laughs>
2: Hey, Robbie, let me also yeah. throw out um we have a free weekly sampler that we do also that is on your usual podcast places at Spotify or Apple or whatever like that. And that's where we cut up segments from the previous week and put them out so you actually hear, you know, you hear an hour of the show and then you can decide if it's something you want to hear more of or if you don't. And that's enough for you, and you just want to add that as a part of the regular rotation. We are grateful for that as well.
1: Well, please subscribe, Matt, subscribe. I'm going to subscribe.
0: Uh, no pressure.
2: I will not be offended if neither of you subscribe, honestly. I've heard the show. It's not that good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is good. I've heard many of your sa- your, your hour-long samples. Trust me. I
3: I, I mainly just want to subscribe so I can see how real editing is done.
1: Mm. <laughs>
3: I heard there's no editing on your show. I heard a guy say that. <laughs> it's limited.
1: Well, well, Bean, thank you so much for uh, spending the time during this uh, historic moment in England that you are completely missing at the moment. Uh, oh, yeah. Please... Please go watch it and enjoy the rest of the game. It,
2: it's still one nothing. We're in the 48th minute. Is this going to be one of those situations like in America where win or lose shit is going to burn tonight? Is that <laughs> I'm, my fear is there's going to be like a happy riot or there's going to be a sad riot. But I feel like there's going to be a riot. I mean, I don't know if you know, but this afternoon, did you see the the guy in Leicester Square who literally stuck a flare up his bare ass?
1: <laughs> I didn't see that. But I saw oh I saw God. there was like uh, chaos going on outside of Wembley, uh, people trying to get oh, yeah. to the same yeah. early. Yeah.
2: And people were letting, letting firecrackers and flares off in King's Cross tube station. The fire alarms were all going off. They had to evacuate the station. I mean, it's just a bunch of soccer hooligans. I mean, it's it's exciting, and we hope they win. But for God's sakes, calm down. Don't burn Why? your own place down, right? Oh, come on. What is this, LA? Lakers <laughs> win a championship? Jeez. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, thank you very much. Wonderful to spend some time with you, and I know I'll be talking to you all again. What a great
0: interview. Gene Bean Baxter, what an honor it was to have him on, this this gentleman who I've been listening to for decades upon decades, uh, to, to actually be able to hear him and, and speak to him. Just what what an honor that was, Robbie.
1: Yeah, and thank you again to uh, Bean for coming on episode 15 of Rounding the Bases. Again, you could check out Bean's podcast with Allie McKay, called A Cup of Tea and a Chat. It's on Patreon. Uh, I recommend it uh, wholeheartedly. It's only $3. It's basically 25 cents an episode a month. So it's a great deal. Lots of laughs. And they also have a free episode on Apple Podcasts uh, once a week. Usually that's out on a Monday. So please check that out. Absolutely. And Bean, I hope that uh England is able to pull off the win and doesn't lose to Italy in penalties. I yeah, I have a weird feeling about it. I don't know. It just seems like somebody's gonna like a teenager of some sort is gonna miss that final kick. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? Just, That's just a prediction of me. This is Brandon.
3: I just really hope that you're not predicting the future and and basically closing the door on any future guest opportunities with old Gene being Baxter. That's going to be wonderful. Uh, I, I want. I want to say thank you to him as well uh, because because of him, this is the most edited episode of the fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hopefully this he doesn't true. hate me because I call the him only. out for, for editing. But uh, hey, thanks, thanks, Gene Bean, Gene Bean, Gene Jean <laughs> Gene,
1: Gene Bean, Mean Gene Bean sounds like a good whiskey all right uh matt where can people find you on your social media handles oh geez uh best one is twitter soup or size more um
0: i guess instagram which i had a barely use matt size um that's i mean that's
1: just do that you uh you can find me at twitter at smart 29 or you can find me on instagram at rob 29 but we also don't forget We have rounding the bases Twitter handle and that you can find us at, at rounding the B rounding the B make sure you subscribe to that subscribe to us or
0: I guess follow not, not subscribe or you can subscribe and just send us money.
1: I guess that's nice Yeah. I should probably put my Venmo account. Yeah. Next time.
0: And if you,
3: and if you hate me and you want me to go away, make sure to follow me at barnyard cruise and tell me, what I'm doing wrong, how I'm doing it wrong, and how to improve in my next life. Jeez.
0: <laughs> if
3: you get a bunch
1: of follows after this, I'm going to feel really bad. Uh, uh, sound advice. Uh,
3: all right. Bye. Well,
1: thank you very, thank you very much uh, for listening, everybody. And you, we, uh, hold on.
3: <laughs> yeah, same going? here. Hold on. I, I will do so that much. as well. This is great. Yeah. Is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: God let's keep it up <laughs> take two all right thank you everybody uh we will see you all next week for episode 16 we're gonna have an, an even bigger guest i we haven't booked it yet but uh i'm predicting it is uh tom hanks uh tom cruise uh tom it's gotta be a tom yeah, yeah. somebody named tom, tom. tom bergeron so, uh, oh
3: oh god that's a great guest. he seems like a
1: good gentleman yeah yeah That'd be nice all right hmm.
3: the Bye the, everybody. The, the, Tom, the, the Tom cardigans will get the cardigans on here.
1: Cardigans, <laughs> Dustin. Diamond. One word oh, answers. Wait, no, not Dustin. Oh.
0: Diamond. oh, too soon. Always.
1: Ooh. jeez.
0: All right. Well, it's been fun. We'll get. We'll we'll talk to a Tom next week. Apparently. <laughs> Take care, right, everybody.
1: Bye, Tom. Bye.